Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. As I, I read this, uh, the last uh, a few months, in the last month, uh, uh, every year in the springtime, uh, Julie and I go out and we, we'll uh, just say, hey, wh what annuals can we plant in in our flower beds or whatever. And so we go out and we plant these, uh, these flowers that are annuals. They, they're only, they only last for one season and they're gone. Um, so just this past, uh, in the last month uh, and even last year, uh, I planted some, some roses. And, uh, and so they came up. In fact, the one plant that I thought was dead, it looked pretty pretty beaten and I've had it for years um, I just cut it right back and it just thrust so last year I cut it back and it just began to bloom again this year and it's blooming these beautiful small roses and they just go right through the entire summer and uh, I don't know about you but uh, sometimes some of the flowers that we that we smell have a, a wonderful fragrance a few years back, I uh, went to this botanical garden, and there was this huge section of roses. Like, we're talking hundreds upon hundreds of rose bushes. And, and part of it was just going and, and smelling the fragrance of a rose or the fragrance of a, a lilac. And there's other plants that it's like, okay, they don't have a great fragrance, but so many flowers that we know have a fragrance. Do you know that, that we are a fragrance to others and who we are? What kind of fragrance do you give off? What kind of fragrance, what kind of, of, of odor or smell do you put off? And I'm not talking about B.O. here. I'm, I'm, talking of, I'm not talking about perfumes. I'm talking about who you are and your, your actions. And so I just want to touch in on this and what it is uh, that impacts our lives as well when we are a fragrance. And, and for some, it will it'll have a different impact than for others, which is interesting. And, and I've come to recognize that what some people might say, oh, man, I love this, this uh, perfume, this cologne, whatever. And, and it's for others, it's like, whoa, okay. Either too much or, man, that doesn't smell all that great. I don't like that, that fragrance. To others, it might be, yeah, that smells really good. But there's a fragrance. There needs to be a fragrance about us, and there is a fragrance about us. And what kind of fragrance is this? Is something that people say, "I want to get closer," "I want to get," "I want to know more," or is it something that that causes someone else to to move away from us? And I recognize, as I read this passage, then you'll you'll see that sometimes it's nothing that we can do, but it is where the other person is at. So it says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now I want to just pause there. If you are in Christ by faith, 
you will always, always be led in triumph. You will always overcome. If your faith, if you are in Christ by faith, you will always overcome. You will, it says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. There's some conditions there to be in Christ and by faith. We are baptized. Romans chapter 6 talks about being baptized into Christ. We're baptized into his death. And that is only by faith. And here again, uh, Paul, different letter to different uh, church, is saying that we are, we'll always be led in triumph in Christ. Praise God. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now listen. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So here I'm talking about, I was talking about flowers, I was talking about perfume, cologne, but there's a fragrance about us that is around his knowledge wherever we may go. So there's a fragrance that is, is put off from us by the knowledge that we have of the Lord. Who is Christ to you? Who is Jesus to you? And there's this, from that knowledge, who Jesus Christ is to you, there's a fragrance that diffuses, that, that emanates from us. Have you ever, have you ever been in, uh, around somebody or you, you could just spot and say, you know what, this is a brother in the Lord. Or this is a sister in the Lord. I just, I don't, I, I haven't met them before. But this is a brother or sister in the Lord. You just know. There's a, a diffusing of the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Let me read it again. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So I, I like the fact that this, the fragrance is not just to others, but it is also to God. When you have a, a, a deeper knowledge of God and you have a knowledge of Jesus Christ, um, there's a fragrance that goes up to the Father the fragrance of Christ. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ to him and also among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And then it goes on to exp expand on this. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. Wow. So to some... We are an aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. So regarding those that, are, that, that grab a hold of the knowledge, of this knowledge that we have, and that would emanate from us, and I'll, I'll just say this, this is in the things that we may say, 
So a knowledge needs to be known by others or the things that we know needs to be expanded or relayed to others. But it is also in who we are in our, in our actions, in our, our attitudes, in our emotions that, that there is not a word spoken necessarily. But it, as Paul writes, he said, we're an open book. We're an open letter to others. Are we an open book to others? with our, our actions that, that have nothing to do with speech. Is there a knowledge that diffuses from us even in our actions? It says that a picture speaks a thousand words. A picture speaks a thousand words. It's like, how much more would an action speak? So the things that we may do that are because of Christ. You know what? I'll tell you right now. If it wasn't for Jesus in my life, there is no way <laughs> that I would put up with others to the perhaps to the extent that I do. It's like, I don't have time for this. If it wasn't for Jesus, I don't have time for this. And that's the way it is. Without Christ, it is about me and what, who I am. It's always about me and what's beneficial to me and what's good for me and what I want, what my flesh wants. And so if I'm going according to the flesh, I don't have time. I don't have time for someone else. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ in our lives, there's times where we would just shut things down. If it wasn't for Christ, we just, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't have time for this. And I recognize that the fragrance that, that comes off of us because of the change of Jesus, that Jesus Christ is making in us by his Holy Spirit impacts other people's lives. So when we go out of our way, when we uh, perhaps sacrifice, when we uh, care for others, we love others, we, we help others, we encourage others, we lift up others. Without saying a word, there's a fragrance that's coming off of us of his knowledge why are you doing what you're doing? It's because of Christ in me. It's because of Jesus. So what fragrance comes off of you regarding the Lord Jesus at work or at home or wherever you may be in a public place? What fragrance is coming off of you? Is It needs to be about the knowledge of who he is and also that, not just with the actions, but also with the words that we may speak to others. The thing about fragrance is you can't see it, you don't hear it, nothing, you just, you can smell it. There's, a, there's something beautiful about a fragrance. Now, it says here, to, to one we are an aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. The fragrance of Christ, 
among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. This passage uh, ties in in the first letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians. And it says, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, it says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but it is the power of God to those that are being saved. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but it is the power of God to those that are being saved. Here it says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross is what needs to be spoken to others. Jesus Christ, without going to the cross, without mention of the cross, and we get a really good person, a great teacher, a person that did miracles, that impacted other, other people's life for the moment. If he didn't go to the cross, if there is no mention of the cross, we are separated. But here, to those that accept that message, there is an aroma of life leading to, to life. There is this thing of, as they grab a hold of it, they get to a place of life in Christ. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. And so there's, there's not a selling of the word, but there's a sincerity about where we are at, that there would be a sincerity about when you interact with others, um, that you would speak of the Lord and who he is, what he did for us, in the sight of God in Christ. So there's a leading. Those that reject the message of the cross is foolishness to them, and it, it leads to death. If it isn't about Jesus Christ and him crucified in your life, in your, for your faith, it leads to death. I don't care how religious you are. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how knowledgeable you are. I don't care all the works that you may have done. If Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross is not the foundation, you do not have a foundation. If you walk off that foundation, you will be overcome. You will be, you will perish. And in fact, sometimes we walk off that, that place, that foundation, and we start to sink. And the Lord is saying, get back on that foundation of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, I want to go, I want to jump to Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 8. Roman, Romans 10, verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So this diffusing of a fragrance of his knowledge. This word of faith. Faith in what? And then Paul goes on. That if you confess 
with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's for, for us as we are apart from God. There's this, this simple thing of confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We are talking about the message that is a fragrance that if someone grabs a hold of it, will bring them life. To have life. And so this, as they grab a hold of the, the, the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified, and as there's a confession of Jesus Christ and they're believing in the heart, you will be saved. Now, I want to go back to this verse. It says, for we are to God a fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. This uh, passage in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, it says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. It is the power of God to those that are being saved, not just were saved. Now, oftentimes, we look at the, the message of the cross as, is, as something that has happened in the past. For me, yeah, it is, in the, it is in the past where I first came to the Lord at, a, at the age of seven. So a long time ago, I was saved as I believed in the message of Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross as a boy. I want you to know, it says here, uh, let me carry on, verse 11. For the scriptures say, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. So to those that had the law and have the law, and those that would say, I'm going to go by the law, and or whatever man-made creeds and, and rituals and whatnot, uh, there is no distinction between that individual or the Greek who, is, who was the intellectual of the day, even the Romans, the Greeks came before the Romans. Even the Romans who had conquered everything looked up to the Greeks that had come before them. And they, they chased and went after these uh, uh, philosophers and, and whatever. And uh, so there is no distinction between uh, those that would attempt to keep the law or a law and those that would depend on their own intellect and their wisdom and the wisdom of this world. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's this aspect of the fact that the Lord is there for the religious person and the keeper of the law to bring life to them as they would call on the Lord, and to the academic, intellectual, philosopher of the day. I've got it all figured out. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so this thing of confessing, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Christ from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Not just believing anything, not just confessing anything, but specifically 
Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. This is powerful. So, one of the things this, in the coming days and weeks and months, are you able to share Christ in who you are? And when the door opens and makes itself open and available to you to walk through and to relay the knowledge and the importance of Jesus Christ and him crucified. To talk about there needs to be a change in direction. People are ready to change direction. They don't like what they, they're seeing. They don't like what, what's going on around them. And so they, they are open to a change of direction and to, to have hope. Just wrote a letter to um, the Niagara Regional Council. They're going to be meeting tomorrow night. And part of this letter, they're, they're uh, wanting to uh, change an exemption that, that we've had uh, for decades. An exemption is this, that uh, a church doesn't have to pay uh, or, or th there's no tax on the church. And so they want to say, well, we want to we start changing that because there should be some taxes or something on the church, on churches. And so they're, they're wanting to say, you know what, when, if there's any expansion of, of existing buildings, renovations, whatever, they want to put a fee, a development charge on the church. And I, I can see, yeah, things coming down the, down the road, but there's a, there's a restraining right now. And, and so uh, one of the things was just writing yesterday, I emailed all, all of the councillors, the mayors and councillors of the Niagara region, because the proposal is there. The proposal has come in, and they want to, uh, they're going to be making a decision on this. So there's a public um, uh, forum, uh, and uh, so those that, that uh, want to say something or write in something, that they can do that. One part of of the the letter that I wrote uh, had to do with what the church does, what we and I'm not talking a building, I'm talking people. What we as people do, because they were talking about places of worship. So when there's a place of worship, they, there should be this this development charge uh, added for any expansion. Uh, uh, at the, at the tune of about five, just over $5, uh, $5.19 per square foot of expansion. So if you have a 1,000 square foot expansion, uh, that's going to cost, before you even get a permit, it would cost uh, the, the church five or six or $5,190. If it's a 10,000 square foot, we're talking now 50,000, over $50,000 before you do anything, a development charge. There's been an exemption from this. But the middle part of, of our letter was the things that, that we as the body of Christ do for free. There's no cost. There is no cost to so much of what we do. 
And we do it because we care about other people. And we're not talking just about people within our own community here, the local church, but we're talking about those that are outside of the community. There's a reaching out to those that are outside of the community, those that are destitute. And so the one thing, one of the points of the six points that I made of, of things that we do had to do with, with hope. In the last two years, the increase in, in hopelessness has gone up so much. People, when they, they're, they're looking around, this, this pandemic, the, the last, they're looking around at, at there being changes in our environment. They're looking around and there's changes in, in uh, our, our governa governance. There's changes when it comes to different countries attacking others. And there's all these different things. And it's like, what's going to happen? And there's an anxiety, there's a fear, and there's, at times there's a hopelessness because there is nothing we can do. And there are attempts to try to change things in a, by man. And there's a hopelessness. The, there's been an increase in suicides. There's been a, a, an, a destitution that, that's taking place within the heart of, a, of the individual. I, there's no hope. I don't know what's going to happen. I want you to know today that you and I, as believers, I'll tell you, we sometimes take for granted what we have. I don't know about you, but I am absolutely not worried about the future. Because I know that despite famine, despite pestilences, despite earthquakes, despite wars and rumor of wars, and we may get caught up right in the middle of it. We have a hope in Christ. And what can separate us from the love of God? If God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. More than conquerors. We have a hope. We have a future. And we need to be this knowledge. The knowledge of who he is needs to be spread, needs to diffuse from us. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, the thing about plants, you can cut a plant and bring that fragrance into a room. You stick it in a, the, the, the stem and the, the flower in a, in a vase, and you can have a fragrance, but eventually it goes away. It says here, Regarding those that don't know, and I just, uh, I'm just going to close with this, and we want to take some time to pray. In verse 14, Romans 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good tidings. The person that doesn't know Christ, to come to know Christ, it's like this sweet fragrance of life and of hope to those that are, have no life and have no hope and that are in darkness. They don't see a way out. And I, in some ways, I say, thank you, Lord, to have this shaking taking place at this time where people are, are, are being forced into a place where there is no hope. Without the Lord, there is no hope. And it's being made more and more real every single day as we progress and we move forward. Every day, it seems like there are other things that are coming up that, um, that we just, we're, we're at, we might be overwhelmed, but it is only the hope that we have, the knowledge that we have of Jesus Christ that we have peace in our hearts. We have a hope for the future. That we would share that wherever we go. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things to those that haven't heard. Let me read again. These are, these are questions. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So, going backwards in this, we need to be sent. We need to be deliberate. We need to be intentional about our interactions with others. To, to be a, a sweet fragrance to have beautiful feet, to share and preach the gospel of Christ, we need to be sent. Lord, send me. Lord, use me. Lord, work through me. You are the, the Lord of the harvest. Work through me. And how shall they hear without a preacher? How can they hear unless somebody tells them? How can they believe? So first they need to hear, and how can they believe if they haven't heard? So they need to be, to believe. You cannot, I've heard it. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I've heard people that have gone to their, to their church their entire lives, and they're not saved. Can you imagine going to a church for your entire life and not being saved? That's what happened to my, my father-in-law. He was, he was 55 years of age when he got saved. 55 years of age. And the time, from the time that he was a little boy, probably as soon as he could remember, he went to church. So for 50 years of his life that he had knowledge, and he went to church. And it wasn't until somebody came and knocked on the door, and he knew that this couple that was knocking on the door didn't have the answer. They were proclaiming that they had the answer, but they didn't have the answer. And he knew that they didn't have the answer, but he couldn't refute them. He couldn't 
argue with them or say, well, but what about this? And it drove him to the Word of God. And so he began to read the Word of God. And when he, as he worked at General Motors, he was a, an electrician in the foundry. For, for months and for a year, he read the Word of God, especially the New Testament. And there were questions. As the more he read, so he was hearing the Word of God, the more he read, the more questions he had. And he had for his own priest. And so he went and he, with his questions and he asked his priest where he had been for so many years from one church to another and not once was there a message of salvation. How am I, how am I to be saved? And so he went to different people uh, to give answer to this thing of life. How can I have life? Life eternal. And I thank God for Pastor Schwint in Welland, because that's where my father-in-law lived. Somehow he, he met up with Pastor Schwint. And Pastor Schwint wisely said to him, you know what? It doesn't matter what I may think, but what does the Word of God say? So let me answer your questions according to the Word of God. And as the answers came, there was a sharing of the gospel. In fact, you, you need to respond to this gospel. And it was a fragrance of life to my father-in-law, who at 55 years of age got saved. And because he got saved, his wife got saved, my wife, their daughter got saved, Denny got saved, Al got saved, the family got saved as a result of this knowledge of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That there would be a believing. So let me read again, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise God. Whoever believes on him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. Praise God. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. So we call upon the name of the Lord. We believe that he died for us and for our sin, and we have salvation. Praise God. So thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place through us. Praise God. I just want to um, make an invitation, and this is for those, anybody here, or for those that are online, uh, just to invite you to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died for you. And even as you would confess, he died to take care of your sins. That there would be a confession of this and it would be, there would be a, be a believing in your heart and grab a hold of this truth because in him you have life. A fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing 
that there would be a fragrance that would come to you for life, to be saved, to be in right standing with God. Praise the Lord. So if I could have you that are here help, if there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord, or if there's anybody online that doesn't know the Lord, I want to pray a prayer to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead because he went to the cross. So if you would pray with me for maybe that one person uh, to make a confession and to believe in our heart for salvation, hallelujah, for righteousness. Lord Jesus, I confess that I have sinned, but in you, we have life. We have a hope. I believe. Can we say it together? I believe that you died on a cross for me. That I can have life. That I can have forgiveness of sins. That I can have a hope. And you are raised from the dead. I believe that. And I believe that you are alive. And that you, that all power and authority has been given to you. And I would ask you that you would come into my life. That I would have life eternal. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would like for us, we, we've got a little bit of time. <clears throat> uh, and I'm just going to have us pray or have one or, one or two pray on a few points. Then we're going to break into to smaller groups. And I want you to then pray for people that will come or that are on your heart. That you're saying, oh man, they need Jesus. And that there would be a boldness about you. But before we, we do that um, and or break into groups, um, I would like for one or two just to pray for the, the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. In Acts 1 verse 8, it says, Lord Jesus said, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So that's, we are, this is not just geographically, but we're also talking chronologically. Geographically, they're moving out from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and beyond. And here we are, 2,000 years later, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ has spread around the globe. So if I could have a few of you just pray out regarding the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us, and not just us here, but on those that are part of this body of believers, those that are on or are part of another uh, church in the city or churches in the city, that the, the Holy Spirit will, will fall upon us powerfully, that we would be witnesses, that we would go out in the power and with boldness and in love, and that there would be truly rivers of living water flowing from us. So I'm, I'm just going to ask, 
I'm going to ask Clarence, just so that we're not waiting too long. Clarence, if you could start, and if I could have one or two others uh, just pray out. And I'm just, I'm going to bring you the mic uh, for those that are praying, and just so that everybody can hear it on the top and the bottom. And it says in Matthew 18, it talks about we're two agree concerning anything that we ask it will be done. So let's agree together as these prayers go up. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you tonight that we have the opportunity to come to you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your strength. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending Jesus Christ that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Father God, I come to you tonight that you would uh, give us a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Everyone that has been called by your name, O oh, Heavenly Father, that you would give them boldness that you would give them encouragement, that you would show them and, and give them wisdom, O oh, Heavenly Father, to speak and talk to those, O oh, Heavenly Father, that do not know you. So, Father, I'm asking now in Jesus' name, not just this church, but the church as a whole, O oh, Heavenly Father, all those that, that look to you and have given their heart to you, O oh, Heavenly Father, that you would put boldness and encouragement in their hearts words of wisdom in their mouth, and Father God, that they would tell others and lead others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, your Son. And Father, we just praise you and thank you for what's going to take place. So tonight, Lord, we're asking for that special anointing, a fresh new rain, a fresh new rain of your Holy Spirit to fall on every individual that calls on you as their God and calls on Jesus Christ as their Lord and King. Give them wisdom, give them strength, and set them in a place, O oh, Heavenly Father, that they will be able to lead others to know you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.